cliffcentral.com You know, just like what Steve Jobs says, he says that all the dots connect. And I honestly don't know of any truer statement. This is the tweet that inspired me to want to have this conversation. Okay, the tweet reads as such. I used to be a PA, a personal assistant, then a medical devices and diagnostic sales rep, then a pharmaceutical sales rep, and then a junior brand manager, and from there a brand manager, all before I became a fully-fledged entertainer and TV host. It doesn't matter how you start. Just start with something. Hey guys, thanks so much for choosing the Brain and Brand Show. I'm your host, Timothy Maurice, and my goal is to take you on a journey between neurons and narratives, between your brain's power and the potential to create an influential brand story. My work fuses neuroscience, behavioral science, and marketing. What you do with the influence you gain after listening to the show is up to you. Some of you will choose to use what you learn to upgrade your partner or start a business In fact, many of you have sent testimonials through saying that you've incorporated the insights into your leadership style. Whatever you do, use your new power wisely. In today's show, I have two simple goals. Firstly, to share a concept called patternicity, which is the brain's way of making patterns out of what you see and experience. And secondly, to share a conversation I had with Ayanda Tibeti that highlights the power of patternicity. Ayanda is a BCom Honors Marketing graduate whose early career was in marketing and sales, but became an award-winning TV host and power influencer with more than 1.5 million followers on Instagram. What triggered this episode was a tweet that Ayanda sent out that went viral, where she talked about how she started as a personal assistant and worked her way up. And I began thinking about the patterns that connected the different stages of her career. For you to have the greatest chance of surviving and thriving, you have to be able to recognize patterns or what Ayanda calls connecting the dots. When a lion begins stalking her prey, she kneels down, looks up, and begins looking for patterns, connecting distance to the terrain, to the size of the prey, to risk, to the coordination of the rest of the pride. Once the patterns are clear, she and the pride will launch their attack. The ability to put patterns in place is vital. Whether you're looking at fluctuating currencies, historical market patterns, leadership success patterns, as humans, we consciously as well as unconsciously look for them. Another name for this process is association learning. However, on the opposite end of dot connecting is when you put a pattern together that doesn't belong. If you do this too often, you will set yourself up for extreme failure. One of my most embarrassing moments when I failed to connect a pattern was when I went with a former partner to an upmarket restaurant. We were the only blacks out of 80 plus people. At a table adjacent to us was a lovely white couple. The lady kept staring at us, so much so that it became awkward. When I looked at the pattern, it appeared that race must be playing a part. So eventually I stood up and I began walking over to their table. My partner was hyping me up. As I got close to the table to ask the lady, what is the problem. She stood up and said, Oh my word, it's so nice to meet you. I'm such a fan of your work. And I kept looking to determine the right time to greet you because I didn't want to disturb you and your partner. Yeah, I screwed up the pattern. Let me tell you, all of our ability and inability to make correct associations at various stages of our lives will be a major determinant of our success. 
One of my mantras after my embarrassing incident is to hold certainty lightly. Let me repeat that. Hold certainty lightly. What can appear to be a solid pattern can lead to tragedy if we're not careful. Recently in America at a motorsport NASCAR racing event, there was a rope shaped like a noose, which is associated with the image of historical racial lynchings, hanging from the garage where the only black driver was stationed. Because of the racial history of the sport, the pattern that was made by the crew and media was that it must have been racially motivated. After an investigation, almost all of America had egg on their face. The rope had been there for almost a year with no association to the driver whatsoever, merely to pull down a door in the garage. In a moment, you'll hear Ayanda share how she connected dots and learn from each stage of her career. And my hope is that you'll become more intentional after this episode of seeking patterns, but also holding certainty a little more lightly while challenging your faulty potential in our pattern making system. We are wired to jump to what I call pattern conclusions in an effort to anchor ourselves and to give ourselves the best chances of survival. Before you jump to a conclusion about Ayanda, enjoy the chat. Ayanda Tibeti, welcome to the Brain and Brand Show. Brain and Brand, love it. Thank you so much for having me. So, tell us where you come from. I am a small town girl. I come from KwaZulu Natal, um, Durban, where everyone knew everyone, and I was raised in different townships within that small town. One of the things that's fascinating about Durban, Durban has a signature. Some of the most successful people, literally from this continent, not mm. just country, come from Durban. What do you think it is? I think it's that a small town thing where we, 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 we learn that, you know what, in order to make it in a bigger world, you have to really fight so hard. And also because you're coming from that space, you know that, um, you know, you know that there's a bigger world out there and you just have to be ten, you have to work ten times harder to, to, you know, to even see yourself in the level of other people that come from spaces like Johannesburg, spaces like New York, spaces that are big and where there's a hustle and bustle because we're not used to it. So you literally have to shape up so fast. Um, and also I think that we as, as people who come from Durban are instilled with such good values and principles. We are literally raised by the village. Um, and, and because of all of those, I think that it grounds you a lot and it allows you to focus on, on your purpose. But why does everybody seem so attractive? Like, if you look at Pearl Tusi, <laughs> Namzamo, you, what do you think it is? There's definitely a thing. I think even Ludacris had a whole, whole video about the most beautiful girls in the world. He shot that in Durban in the KZN. Why do you think, what's going on? It's the water. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just think, uh, I don't know. It's just a combination of genes. It's a combination of the warm weather. Even in winter, it's warm and beautiful. Um, I don't know. And just the souls are so pure in Durban. Besides, I know the external obvious beauty, but I think that, um, in Durban, it's all about just like Ubuntu. The, the real spirit of humanity lives there. I think I first came in contact with you. I've seen your work and so forth all over the place from top billing to wherever. But I came across you for the first time personally in an interview with MTV, mm -hmm. MTV Base. And um, yes. you came across very kind of calculating 
and very really? straightforward. Yeah, you were like no nonsense, very calculating. Is that a big part of who you are? Look, I'm very bad at small talk. I've always been bad at it. And uh, I think it's the one thing that has made me really bad at networking. I'm not a good networker. Um, I'm somebody who, if I want to get a point across, I want you to know exactly what I mean. I think one of our very first sit-downs together, um, Tim and I, we literally, I think you weren't prepared for how straightforward and direct <laughs> I am. And that's just my personality. It's just to get straight to the point and talk about what I mean so that we don't have the fluff in between. You know, so so did it show on my face that I was kind of shocked? <laughs> yeah, I think the very first meeting, you're just like, whoa, <laughs> I didn't expect that, you know. And a lot of people don't expect that from me, to be honest. I want you to get your phone out, and I want you to look at the tweet, and I want you to read the actual tweet that really led us to this conversation. It's a tweet that basically has gone viral. I tweet a lot, so let me go to it. Okay, there we are. Okay, here we go. So this is the this is the tweet. This is the tweet that inspired me to want to have this conversation. Okay, the tweet reads as such. I used to be a PA a personal assistant, then a medical devices and diagnostic sales rep, then a pharmaceutical sales rep, and then a junior brand manager, and from there a brand manager, all before I became a fully-fledged entertainer and TV host. It doesn't matter how you start. Just start with something. So you started with something. You you, What comes through very clear to me is that at each one of those stages, you were probably thoughtful, yes. disciplined, thinking, Tell us about the process that you went through mentally in each one of those phases to get you where you are. I was very intentional. I've always been intentional. So when I uh, when I passed my varsity and I and, and I had my degree, I thought, do I go back to Durban? And do I stay there while trying to look for a job in Johannesburg? And I thought if I stayed in Durban enough and maybe not find the job that I'm looking for, I was just going to be weighed down and uh, probably won't be, won't achieve the things that I want in the, in the time frame that I want to achieve them. So. <clears throat> So it was important for me um, that I, I went for the holidays at home and then I was like, I'm going to Joburg. I'm going to find a job. I don't know where. I don't know how. And um, the first job that I found was through a friend and uh, I was a personal assistant. But during that time, I knew that, you know, I had a degree in B uh, a BCom communication and marketing degree. And I knew that at that time that, I mean, that's not what I wanted to do. But it was the first step. It was putting myself in a position where I'm putting the unit in motion to say that I'm available to be used. I'm available to do something of significant. I know that that opportunity is not there right now, but what can I do in the meantime? And that's how I started with being a PA. And every single day, while in that position, I would ask myself, what did I do today to, um, to, to contribute towards my bigger goal. And, um, if I'd sent a CV out, if I'd called somebody and told them that I'm looking for a job, um, if I had looked at different things that other people were doing, and those are the type of things that I was doing every single day and I was conscious about it. And sure enough, after three months, I, I got another job at another company. And when I got the job, um, at Johnson Johnson, I was, um, I was a medical sales and uh, medical devices and diagnostics sales representative. I knew 
nothing, absolutely nothing about medical sales, but I wanted to be the best. And that's the other thing. In each step, even if you are still cleaning the floors, if you're a PA at that time, and that's not your, your, your ultimate goal, if whatever you do, you need to do it with your best ability. And that leaves a mark that progresses you to the next level. And so when I was at Johnson & Johnson, that was my thing. I was like, you know, this is an opportunity that has, give, has been given to me. I can do sales. My ultimate goal was to do marketing because that was my passion. But a sales job was available at that point in time. So that's what I did. And I was good at it. And I, and I did my best at it. But um, after a certain time, I was like, okay, cool. I need to get to a point where I am doing marketing. But now I'm a senior in sales and I'm a junior in marketing because I haven't really practiced it. So when I, so I went to another company, sold pharmaceuticals, just getting closer to uh, be able to sell fast moving consumer goods. Um, and because that was my ultimate uh, goal, I wanted to be a brand manager at the age of 28. So, so when I was 26, I, I got a job at L'Oreal and I was a junior brand manager. I had to take a salary cut. Um, I had to, to wind back because I was then a junior brand manager in marketing although I was a senior somewhere else and that's another thing your, your goals and your dreams and the journey there does not look the same as another person I had to take a step back in order to move forward um, so I was in that position I worked so hard that when my boss said to me why do you think we should promote you after a year only a year of being a junior brand manager to a brand manager position and I said to him what does a brand manager currently do that I, as a junior brand manager, doesn't do? And uh, he didn't have an answer for that. And the reason was because there wasn't. I had worked myself in that year to be at the exact same position as somebody who was doing something that was bigger than me. So, uh, and that's how I got the role. And a year later, I was 28 and I was a brand manager in a fast-moving consumer company. You know, what, what, what are some of the things that you were not so good at that you became good at because you worked at it? You know, I was very good at sales. I'm, I'm naturally somebody who um, is very convincing, can talk my way out of anything, literally. Um, but one thing I wasn't good at, I'm not, I wasn't good at the things that are back end that come with the sales, the, the, the financial discipline of you have to go to at least how many stores in a day. Um, you have to look at this whole thing as a business. You have to sell to, uh, to sell, sorry, um, a, a certain amount of units in order to achieve the bigger goal every month and, and you have to be very disciplined. Those are all the back end things that also created the bigger picture because a lot of people look at sales people or marketing people and they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But what, what really, um, makes a good salesperson is how good you are at the back end stuff, the things that people do not see. So your projections, your finance, your, your, your budget management all of those things I wasn't really good at because I've never been um, the most detailed person I'm more of a big picture thinker um, but I realized soon uh, enough that I really had to be good at the details in order to make the bigger picture look good and have you applied that to your life now like in your in your home in terms of how you think about financing getting the back end right and in yeah. your career um, I'm imagining that that learning has now applied to so many areas of your life you know, just like what Steve Jobs says, he says that all the dots connect. And I honestly don't know of any truer statement. For me, 
all the dots have connected from me being a PA, learning to pace myself, from being a sales representative, learning to sell myself, um, sell myself, sell what I'm selling. And, and those are, those are all the things that I learned that when I became my own brand when I had to position myself in the entertainment industry I could sell myself I could sell the brand I undertake I could sell um, what I'm providing my difference I could do that and I could take myself seriously from the onset because I realized that my back end was just as important as the bigger picture that I was going to build so yes definitely those are all the things that I apply to my life now that discipline of waking up to a nine-to-five job every every day I always say even to my younger sisters and just the young people that I always uh, speak to that I would advise even if you are going to be a freelancer to just start off in a nine-to-five environment because it teaches you so much about getting up every day uh, working towards a particular goal being accountable to somebody else managing your time all of those um, things really helped me in being the most effective freelancer because as a freelancer you are managing yourself if you don't wake up you're not going to make money. No one is going to knock on your door and say, Hey, listen, so are you coming to work today or not? Um, so it really taught me the discipline that I needed to be effective and to be seen the way I'm seen today. Have you wanted to give up recently? Recently, no, I haven't. Um, In your whole career, have you wanted to give up? Yeah, there, there has been moments when I have wanted to give up. I would say not give up. Uh, I, I'm always somebody who loves working. I'm, I'm always somebody who's supercharged to, to, do, to do different things. But there's moments when I felt like I didn't belong in a place. And when that gut feeling comes to me or, or, the, or, or that thought comes into my mind, I immediately know that it's no longer the time for me to be there. I have really emptied out everything that I'm supposed to give to that place and time. And that's how I know to move to the next per- to the next thing. I'm not somebody who wouldn't work. Sorry, did you just say <laughs> to the next person? No, the next person. <laughs> I've given everything I can give to this relationship and, and I'm out. <laughs> that's actually how I am. To be honest, it's quite sad. But, um, dude, that part. That's a Freudian slip. <laughs> But that's how I am to relationships as well, actually. Uh, it, it works like that in every way. If I ever feel like I no longer, my, my, my whole body, mind, soul, everything just doesn't want to be there anymore, it's no longer the time to be there. So, yeah. And that's, uh, that's how I've, I've really treated my life. But how did you learn to trust your gut quickly? Like for me, what's, in, what's really powerful about what you just said is that when, when that thing happens, yeah. you start to maneuver. How did you start to learn to honor that? And so many people stay in stuff. They yeah. stay in jobs. They stay in relationships. And they know they're not there. For me, it's the God in me. It's um, I, I'm a Christian. I love God. It's and 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 I've always said my gut feeling. I don't really believe in gut feeling. I believe that gut, my gut feeling is the Holy Spirit prompting me to the next thing. Um, I believe that my soul knows where I'm supposed to be, um, and even when I don't know, and when I feel that feeling deep inside myself, I honor it. And honoring that feeling has never led me astray it has never um, made me choose the wrong decision so um, so the more you trust that feeling and the more you act upon it the stronger the feelings get and the and 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 the truer they are if I can put it that way yeah so let's look forward I mean we've we've come out of this crazy kind of we're coming out of this pandemic slowly but surely right yeah. let's look forward to Ayanda Tibeti what are you learning about yourself and what do you hope to take forward into the next chapter 
Well, Tim, what am I learning? You are teaching me a lot about myself this morning. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know what? Um, I'm in a very crazy stage in my life, I will admit. Um, so for me, it's it's two, two parts. As much as I'm a career-driven person, I've always been and I always will be. Um, this time of my life is a bit tricky and it's a, it's a bit... I can't, I, I, it's, it's a bit tricky in the sense that I'm in a, in a space and time where I would want to settle down, want to build a family, that kind of space. Uh, mentally, that's where I am and that's, that's what I really want. And, um, the, the other part is that career wise, I want to move from being, being just faces of brands or, 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 or people looking at me from, you know, a, a, a frivolous sort of, uh, a space and looking at me as a brand and as a person that stands for something, um, having a really strong and unique voice in any area that I choose to occupy. So for me, it's just a matter of refining my offering and refining who I am and making sure that people are aware of that and it's something that they can buy into. So it sounds like you're going into that kind of grown woman chapter of your career. Grown woman. Grown woman doing grown woman things, yeah. Got it. Finally, I want you to imagine I am 21-year-old Ayanda Tabete. Yes. Oh, where was I? Yeah. I am 21-year-old Ayanda, and um, the world is your oyster. What would you say to her? Ooh, that's a very difficult um, question. I think what I would say to my 21-year-old self is to um, is to trust the process, um, trust the journey. Don't be frustrated with the journey, um, but realize that the, everything that you're going through is there to teach you something, and it's going to lead you towards your greater good. Something that people will be surprised to know about you. I don't know. What do you think? You should answer that. What is it? Um, that you're actually sweet and not really a bitch. <laughs> oh my gosh. I actually think that one thing that people definitely don't know is how much of a rigorous, deep thinker you are. You know what it is? I learned from a young age that I don't have to prove my depth to anybody else. I am so okay. I was asking a friend of mine the other day, what do they think? Do do they think that I'm an introvert or an extrovert? And they said I'm an extroverted introvert, which is something that I, I knew about myself, but I just wanted to verify it with somebody else. And it's because I just don't feel like I have to prove how smart I am or how much of a deep thing. If the opportunity arises and we speak about a subject that I'm interested in, I'll indulge you. You know, and we'll speak about it and we'll have fun and you'll know that, oh my gosh, I didn't know she, she cared about this, but evidently she does. But in the same breath, if I just want to speak about hot bodies and uh, whatever, then that's what it is. I, I don't find the need to, um, to prove myself worth to anybody. I know it, so that's enough. Thank you for joining us on the Brain and Brand Show. It's my pleasure. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ayanda. You really are a sweetheart. You can follow her across multiple platforms at Ayanda Tabeti. Tabeti is T-H-A-B-E-T-H-E. I'm also learning that being better at recognizing patterns requires being mindful, managing emotions, and investing time and energy in seeking the power of small connections. As you celebrate your journey, always remember each dot along the way has value. 
Please share this episode with someone you care about and leave a comment in the ratings. Until next time. Cliffcentral.com